is Bloomberg Surveillance. In the markets in particular, there's been a belief that there's no way Trump could become president. I continue to argue there is a plausible path. This divergent monetary policy world that we live in is not necessarily supportive of the U.S. equity markets. This is QE3 on its way to QE14. Whether we like it or not, that's the reality. And as traders, that's how we have to deal. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen Worldwide. This morning, brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting, tax advisory, regulatory changes can impact your business. See all the experts at Cone Resnick and help you navigate these complexities. Find out more at Cone Resnick.com. Bank of England out in our Central Bank Derby with Indonesia and Norway earlier today. Caroline Hyde in New York with us. What do you see? And it's like the Swiss. We're holding steady. We have for already seven years we're at this record low. 0.5% is where we keep the key rate, Tom. 9 to 0. Still not one dissenter again at the BOE, not wanting to see rate hikes anytime soon. We have asset purchases planning still to hold £375 billion. But overall, they're saying increased uncertainties surrounding the Brexit vote. This is what is putting off any sort of interest rate hike. The pound remaining higher against the dollar, up seven-tenths of a percent. And, of course, borrowing costs still coming down on those on the debt market. We're seeing yields down about nine basis points. That that was a real uh, conundrum for Mark Carney. With Brexit coming up, he doesn't want to contribute to the debate at all. And he was almost forced to, wasn't he? He had to come up in front of the Treasury Select Committee just last week and be, have to state what he felt about a Brexit. He, he, of course, was outlining that the Bank of England didn't want to make a call on pro or against, yeah. but did say that there were going to be concerns. And Sterling with a lift here. You've got the chart up there. We'll put that on Bloomberg uh, Radio Plus. We're up seven tenths of a percent. We're at one dollar. Yeah. Not that you would ever go out for a beverage of your choice in London, but when you do, do people talk about Brexit or is it just the, the province of newspapers in Bloomberg? When I have a tipple of my fancy, yes, it is being talked about. It's being, it's talked being about by people. It's all consuming, Tom, at the moment. Everyone is debating, really, whether mm. it is good. The small business side of the equation, they are fa- feeling, of course, if you're not a net exporter, they do seem to want to potentially be pulling mm. out of the EU. Larger corporations are standing firm yeah. that they really do feel that we need to remain part of the European Union overall. Sir, uh, Caroline Hyde, thank you so much. Sterling extending its gains today. And again, Yen, we're watching carefully with a huge move, 110. Uh, 68. Someone to synthesize all that we see here is Stephen Ratner. He is a most interesting uh, person with uh, some some legitimate work, not only in finance and investment, but in journalism as as well. Uh, we should, I, I think, point out as a disclaimer that at times he um, manages money and gives investment counsel to the principal owner of Bloomberg Radio, one Michael Bloomberg. Uh, Steve Ratner, the cacophony of central bank announcements in the last number of weeks has become bewildering, and it all centers on reduced growth forecasts. That seems to be the common feature. The good news is that the central banks have caught up to reality, and for a while they seem to be denying reality, which is that we are in a slower growth environment. The markets knew it. The economists knew it. I think individuals probably felt it in their bones, but the central banks, and uh, the Fed anyway, was in some kind of state of denial and thinking it was still going to have four interest rate hikes this year or thinking at least that that was a good idea. And so yesterday's announcement and the one today are welcome because we we are in that kind of an environment. And I think the, the, the far better of the argument is for the central banks to stay their course 
on providing monetary support in, in this very weak time. Does it build? Does it uh, help growth or is it just putting a floor under it? I'm not sure I know the difference in the sense is all, what I do know is that had they gone ahead with their interest rate increases, look, you can make the argument a quarter point here, a quarter point there. It doesn't really matter. But if in general they were going down the tightening path, then that would, if you believe anything about economic theory, make growth lower than whatever it otherwise mm-hmm. would have been. Is it huge? Is it is it immediate? Is it visible? Probably no to all those questions, but it would have been a move uh, in the wrong direction. How do you link this into investment? If we assume we've migrated from January 2009, double-digit enthusiasm off the bottom moments to a single-digit world, do you ratchet down even lower expected return on some form of blended portfolio? Well, again, we, we and I say the markets, but certainly uh, the case of uh, the investment firm that I run, we uh, have had a cautious view on growth for some time now. And, in fact, you could almost take the announcements yesterday and today the other way to say kind of a bit of relief that the, the central banks are going to are be supportive up. of growth yeah. rather than, rather than uh, trying to hinder it. Uh. Well, we were just talking with Stephen Friedman from BMP Paribas, who said the net effect of what we're seeing from the central banks is to continue the effort to push investors out the risk curve, out uh, farther in a reach for yield. You're suggesting that may not be a good idea, or at least from your perspective, you don't want to do that? No, I think I think we're in the business of taking risks. So we, we understand risk. We try to be we try to be prudent risk. But yes, I agree with that analysis that the whether it's the absolute uh, conscious intention or or simply a consequence of what the central banks are doing, it is going to put investors further out uh, on the risk curve, particularly in Europe, where they have where they have uh, massively tightened spreads on investment grade corporate bonds by signaling that they were going to start buying them. And I think that that's probably a good thing. Uh, you know, risk sounds like a, a, a scary word, but risk comes in many gradations, many flavors. And I think you, I think part of the goal of this and part of the whole way monetary policy operates is to get, to, is that when you hold down rates, when you reduce rates by QE, whatever it is you're doing in that direction, you're drawing capital into the markets. Uh, and that's a good thing. Mike, I just want to point out dollar yen is strong yen, three standard deviations. That really gets my attention. You you wonder how they respond to that. That's now become we've gone from a move to a really significant move uh, to a low of one uh, ten. Uh, my eyes are failing me. One ten sixty seven. Well, it's uh, it's definitely uh, not good news for Abinomics. Uh, and you wonder, Steve, though, uh, draws capital into the markets, but people have argued that helps a small slice of society here in the U.S., but it's not helping the average person witness the political campaign we're seeing. And with the Fed's move yesterday, yes, it's it, it has some positive effects, certainly helps emerging markets, but it isn't going to help Japan and it isn't going to help Europe. Uh, no, no clear-thinking person would argue that, for the U.S. anyway, our mix of economic policies are the right policies. The Fed is acting by default. They, they are the only player on the field with uh, with the ball, so to speak. Congress has completely abdicated any responsibility to try to get our economy back to a more acceptable growth level. 
And so in the absence of that, in the absence of the president having any real authority to do anything under our constitution, it leaves the Fed. And so they, they are, uh, uh, to, to quote Mohammed Alarian's book, they are the only game in town uh, at the moment. And that is also true in Europe. Have you read this book? I actually reviewed this book for the New York Times. I, excuse me, I saw that I, 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 in my Sunday blur. The, the third mimosa, the only reason, the only way to read Ratner, Mike McKee, is after three mimosas. <laughs> so I did that. And I, I did, what a wonderful book. I, I, I do recommend only reading me after yeah, the libation <laughs> that, of your there, choice. There, there's a chapter. <laughs> the tipple of her choosing. But, but so, to the point of where we are right now, yes. and it goes right into your investment uh, world, that chapter he has on game theory and on tea decisions is Awesome. What's Chair Yellen's tea decision right now? Well, I would say I, I did like the book a lot, and I was happy to review it. I, I'm not sure I completely agree with Mohammed that we're at this tea junction because, uh, you know, he is the creator of the word, of the phrase "new normal," and I don't see why we don't sort of why it isn't very plausible, if not likely, that we stagger along at this two percent growth rate kind of relatively indefinitely. Um, I think I think I had an interesting conversation with somebody about this the other day. People, too many people out there think that Janet Yellen secretly knows exactly what she's going to do about interest rates, and she just isn't telling us. That's not my view, and I don't think it's the reality. She, like all the rest of us, you know, the famous John Maynard Keynes line, which she actually didn't say, when the facts change, I right. change my mind, what do right. you do? She's dealing with, with, you know, a constant stream of data and updating and assessing her views, and happily... Uh, came to the right view yesterday. In models that aren't necessarily working anymore. Well, well, the Fed has been consistently wrong in its economic forecasts. And I don't know whether it's simply the positive bias of being a, a government policymaker that makes you kind of cheering for the economy or why. But when you look at the dot, the, all the famous dot charts, they have just been yeah. so overly optimistic for so long about this recovery. What are you doing with the miners and with gold in particular? What do we do? What are you doing within your investment house? Yeah, we generally don't invest in gold. I don't like to invest in things that we don't understand, but we... Uh, it's only John we, Templeton. John Templeton. <laughs> Join that club, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we do have we do have a little bit of an investment in, in a mining situation where we feel that the economics of mine... We're investing in a mine, not in the gold, so to speak. Interesting. Steve Ratner, always interesting. Um, I gave a review in the New York Times this weekend. But thank you for plugging that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's great. Gold. Stephen Ratner with an important review. We'll put that out on social. I'll look it up and we'll get out Mr. Ratner's review of uh, Dr. L. Arian's uh, book. Uh, Ratner lifts the market futures from negative eight to negative six. Time now to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Supreme Court nominee Mary Garland plans today to meet with Senators Harry Reid and Patrick Leahy on Capitol Hill today. Democrats hope to put pressure on Republicans who are refusing to consider any Obama nominee. After a two-week Senate recess, the White House says Garland will meet with the Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley. Russian President Vladimir Putin says Russia's military can strengthen its remaining forces in Syria literally within a few hours, if necessary. Putin says, though, we don't want to do it. Putin says Russia's military operations in Syria created the conditions for peace talks to help in the country's five-year war. SeaWorld says it's ending its practice of killer whale breeding. 
Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Uh, seriously, folks, a, a bit of a, a, a calming to the market in the last 10 minutes. The yen, 110 handle, up to 111.34. Bank of England out. Don't forget an interview with Justin Trudeau of Canada in the next hour. Bloomberg's news update brought to you by CIT. From transportation to healthcare to manufacturing, CIT offers commercial lending, leasing, and treasury management services for small and middle market businesses. Learn more at CIT.com. But knowledge to work.